The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. <laughs> I say, America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. And welcome. That was grand. And welcome. To our new schedule. Welcome to our new schedule. This when Wednesday. <laughs> Wed, wed Wednesday, September 14th, episode of The Elephants in the Room. How are you? But actually, where is September going? I think we asked this, you know, remember when we were, I distinctly remember sitting across from you. Oh, I felt like August dragged. I mean, I loved it, but like, it felt like it dragged and September feels like it's flying. I don't know why, but it feels like it's Because it's football. Because it's the yeah. anticipation. We yeah. have the anticipation every week. The anticipation slowed it down. Football. If you are a proper red-blooded American who loves watching people smash into each other at full speed on the weekends, we anticipate football. This time of the year goes by really quick. But I also think that there's something to it. You know the phenomenon. You know what you say. Like The older you get, the quicker the year goes by. Because you've had, a lot, you've had more years. Naturally, the longer you live, the more you're I accustomed to. I believe the phrase to, is the days are long and the years are short. That would be correct. That would be correct. So, 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 so there may be something to that. You know, the farther you get in the year, the more you've just kind of adapted to the flow of whatever that year is. But, anyways, um, I, I personally think it's football, but that's because I'm a football fan. Um, and, um, I can tell you something that I'm not a super big fan of hmm. is bringing up contentious social issues, uh, less than 60 days outside of a national election when your party is not in power. And also why at the federal level? <laughs> yeah. So that like was my one first of the question. biggest victories of the Supreme Court ruling was that states were given back their rights. So let's so let's take a step back because no one no we haven't referenced what we're talking about yet. So the audience may be slightly confused here. What we were talking about No, is, our audience is so in tune because the ones without a library haven't like turned it on yet. That's right. That's right. You know, everyone has the time throughout the day to obsess over all the minutia of the news cycle. Um, you know, it's the same phenomenon that we experience that when you're 15, that's the person you're going to be for the rest of your life. Right. Some comfort for okay, you so high schoolers out there. Okay, so give the people the background. So anyways, yesterday, Senator Lindsey Graham uh, proposed or, or, uh, or, or put forward a bill 
I guess that's what you call it, put forward a bill for a national abortion ban at 15 weeks with exceptions for rape, incest, life of the mother. Now, there's a whole bunch of things at play here. One, okay, <laughs> I, well, the first question is why 15? Why not 16? Why not 14? As we've referenced this show before, but if you've ever seen the show Veep, there is an episode specifically about this where they get into a debate about the weak cutoff that yes. you support for abortion. <laughs> is it going to be 22? Is it going to be 23? Is it going to be 20? What's the polling say? You know, And then you have to have your public meetings with everyone from every group. You know, so that you can show that you're, you know, especially for people, you know, in, in, in purple states, you've got to meet with everyone so that you have this public persona of, well, I'm, I'm, I'm taking in all opinions. Um, so that was the first thing that came to my mind was like, why 15 weeks? The second thing was, why do we need to build a federal level? We just celebrated the fact that federal government is no longer in charge of this is issue. It's gone back to the states. We feel confident that we can win in a whole bunch of states, right? We can make those incremental gains. That's what we like to call them. We get to make incremental gains when it comes to this battle over the sanctity of life. And here comes Lindsey Graham, who I'm going to use a term that Katie is going to roll her eyes at, but he goes full Leroy Jenkins here. He, he, this is the, this is the Kool-Aid man bursting through the wall <laughs> and everyone's going, what, what, why, why? We have a day. It was great. You, you, well, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't great. It was awful. It was awful. If you want to spin it politically, it could be great if you are a, a savage political uh, operative. But yesterday, we had these horrible inflation reports. Stock market's in the tank. Stock market's been in the tank for a little bit. The U.S. oil reserves are at its lowest level in over three decades. Wasn't we've it got at the Janet. We've got Janet. Yeah, and Janet. How did got, we deplete it so quickly? Well, because Joe Biden needs to bring gas prices down for an election. We've got Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, going, "Oh, don't worry. After the election, these prices are going back up. We we can't. We can't. This is this is all artificial." Um, and um, and here we got Lindsey Graham distracting from all of this to let's go. Let's make a fifteen-week abortion ban. A bill that's never going to be passed. A bill that's never going to be passed because we don't have the majority. We don't have the majority, number one. Number two, we don't have someone in the White House who can sign this into law. This is nothing. Number three, we sadly don't even have the majority in America. They, they, well, I mean, that's, that's the third point. And I, think, and I think that was why the Dobbs ruling was such a victory for, the, for us on the pro-life side is because we, it gives us a chance to make incremental gains at the state level, knowing that at the federal level, there needs to be a change in the hearts and minds of more people in order to get more states to pass these kinds of, you know, the, the, the fetal heartbeat laws and, 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 and those kind, that kind of legislation that, that pro, us on the pro-life side have been uh, vigorously advocating for at the state level. Um, 
and, and, and to just come through with it with, with with a thing like this like like let's let's make it let's make something really contentious that we know isn't polling well that's going to distract from all of the horrible things that Democrats are doing um, you just go why why do you why 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 are you why? the way that you are why why, why do you need to sabotage why don't Why? do this. Don't do this. He went on Jesse Waters tonight, and, and Waters went after him for it. Oh, good. Yeah, Waters went after it for it. It's just like, this is just bad timing. It's like bad timing. It's like, it's like it's not, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we, we agree. We agree. I mean, and, you know, at, at the most basic level of this, I don't disagree with the legislation. It's not something that I find offensive in any way. The thing that bothers me is that Lindsey Graham is acting like a human meat shield for the Democrats right now, rather than being an attack dog against the failed policies of the Biden administration. Every time I hear something like this that doesn't make any sense, it makes me think, who's putting you up to this? Mm -hmm. Who do you owe a favor to? Like, why? Money. Money. Where's the money at? Yeah. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money, Lebowski? That's exactly it. Where's the money? It's just it's just one of those things. It's just picking a fight that doesn't need to be a fight. And it stinks that we got to open up the show and talk about this because, you know, we really find ourselves at this point being like, whoa. Oh, man. Here, Yeah. Well, we would just really find ourselves these days being like, We've got such a golden opportunity, and at every turn, we find ourselves distracted. We're, we're like a little leaguer playing our first, our party's like a little leaguer playing our first little league game, and we're in the outfield, and we see a butterfly, and we're like, oh, butterfly, that's great, let me chase after it. Crack of the bat. Goes right by. He's chasing a butterfly in the outfield inside the park home run. We've all seen it. It's a stereotypical thing, but we've all seen it. You know, some kid staring up at the sky, looking at the clouds, picking his nose. I mean, that's kind of what we are as the Republican Party right now. We've got to get our act together. We have to give people a reason to vote for us. And you want to know what? You, and, 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 and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. I don't want to end the segment with this. Okay. Voters already know we're pro-life. Everyone already knows. They're acutely aware. Everyone already knows the Republican Party is the pro-life party. There's no mystery about that in American politics. Okay, so there's no reason to go out and make a whole bunch of incendiary comments and and put forward a bill that that frankly, at the federal level, we're just not ready for. At some state levels, we are. At some state levels, we're ready to go farther than this, and that's great. But we have to take our wins where we can. And we have to make sure, first and foremost, if we want to do something like this at a federal level, that we make sure that we get the House of, we get the House of Representatives and the Senate back in control of the Republican Party. Okay? Yep. And the only way to do that is keep Democrats' feet to the fire. Don't put the fire on us. We don't need to put us on the defensive. We're not the party in power. Why do we need to be in the defensive? We need to put them on the defensive. Put them on their heels, okay? And then we can go and enact the stuff that we want to enact that will inevitably 
make people in the country mad at us, and then they elect <laughs> Democrats, and then the cycle continues. This is how democracy works, This is folks. how democracy works, folks, okay? Okay, it's a phenomenon. Familiarity breeds contempt, <laughs> right? Familiarity breeds contempt. If you're unfamiliar with that, it's a, very, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a law of politics. The longer you are in the public spotlight, the longer you are in the public eye, the more, this is a law of anything really, not just politics, but anything. The more you're in the public eye, the more people are, are going to find a reason to hate your guts. All right? That's it. Familiarity breeds contempt. So just remember that. In an American politics, it's about a three to four day period. So the Republicans will have a three to four day grace period after the elections this November. Uh, fingers crossed, and then um, uh, go back to hating us. And here we go. Um, I did want to give a couple updates, uh, political updates. The Democrats um, are backing down on the debates. Fetterman is going to debate Oz. Oh, yes. Is it on TV? Guess when he's going to debate him. Two in the morning. October 25th. (laughs) Right? When all of the mail and... I mean, all the fake mail-in ballots have already been collected by the community organiza- organization groups in Pennsylvania. John Fetterman will step up into the debate stage and prove to everyone across the Keystone State that he is, through no fault of his own, simply not physically or mentally ready to take on the role as a United States senator. And this is what his campaign has been delaying to, sh- to display to the people of Pennsylvania. And it's going to be on full display, and, you know, it is it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Warnock's going to debate uh, Herschel Walker. That was actually one where we were ducking the Dems. <laughs> well, Herschel was ducking Warnock. I mean, they're going to debate now, though. They're going to debate now. And um, there's no update on the Hobbs-Carry Lake situation other than Carrie Lake uh, hasn't been running television ads. Does she not have any money? Doesn't ha- doesn't have the money for ads. They they said they're going to start running ads in a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, I mean, do you really need them like right now? But I, I like I like that Hobbs is uh, is ducking leg because I think Hobbs knows. So that one still hasn't been decided. Like she's not going to do it. She's not caving. Not not yet, not yet. But I think Hobbs knows what a lot of us in Arizona know, which is that. When Carrie Lake isn't playing to an audience of one, she is an extraordinarily effective communicator, a very effective communicator, and a very just regular person, all right? But when she gets on that national, get that national camera in front of her, and she knows that a certain benefactor is watching... Well, she's got to say the number one. She's got to say what that voter, voter's number one issue is. And it's not the number one issue for Arizona voters. And I think a de- and I think that that's why Hobbs is ducking the debate because because she'd get crushed. She absolutely crushed if Carrie Lake came on her game, stayed focused, stuck to stuck to things that Arizonans care about. I think she'd absolutely wipe the floor with this Hobbs lady. <laughs> this Hobbs lady. This Hobbs lady. All right. I also appreciate that Max is purposely calling her Hobbs because her first name is Katie. Well, yeah. Well, it's also we got Katie, we got Carrie, 
you know, it's easy to confuse them. I just meant because I don't want to be associated with the Democrats. You don't want to be associated. <laughs> I don't want to associate with the Democrats. This rail strike, I just, I just want to. This is, this is going to be the biggest thing. This rail strike, it's going to be $2 billion impact. Um, People still ride the train in our economy. Oh no, it's a, it's it's about it's a, it's it's freight. Oh freight, yeah. No, freight would be bad. No, you want to know what? Why don't they ship everything by electric car? <laughs> isn't that the isn't that the uh, the vehicle? That's the economy of the future, right? The electric car. Oh, don't they have electric trucks? Don't they have, they have like autonomous trucks? Well, they have yeah, the autonomous, the robot butter truck, the Andrew Yang, the famous Andrew Yang right. robot butter truck from the 2020 primary. Right. Be like you're being replaced by robots. If you don't ask me, Google robot butter truck. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, speaking of environmental impact, Joe Biden voted in Delaware in Tuesday's primary. Did you know that? He voted in person. He took Air Force One from Washington D.C. To Delaware to vote. Why in didn't person. he take the train? Oh, why did he vote by mail? Why didn't he vote by mail? If mail's so secure, why don't I vote by mail? I want to know why Amtrak Joe didn't take the train. I would love to know why Amtrak Joe didn't take the train. Um, I uh, I got a, I got a kick out of I got a kick uh, I got a kick out of that one because um. It's just it's just one of those things that's just so it, it's it's one of those things that's just so hypocritical, but at the same time, you know, it just gets to duck behind because it's like, well, I'm the president of the United States. That's just that's just what happens. But he's in Delaware all the time. You know, people joke about Donald Trump always being at the golf course. Well, Joe Biden's always bleeping Delaware. Yeah. Pardon my bleeping. <laughs> We're working blue here tonight. <laughs> um, he's always in Delaware. I don't understand why he couldn't have walked over to the county clerk's office. You know the town office. Signed, show his ID. Sign his, sign his whatever. Collect his ballot. Vote absentee. Boom. Done. I mean, if 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 we are at such peril as the Democrats like to tell us we are when it comes to the state of our our world our planet climate change surely someone would have said joe what are you higher than your son you can't take a plane to vote you got to vote absentee that's the green thing to do You think, you think Joe Biden's ever done anything for the environment? You think Joe Biden's ever been like, no, 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 don't do that. That's bad for the environment. No. I mean, maybe yeah. someone threw a piece of paper in the trash can. He said, put that in the recycling bin. Mm-hmm. But that's probably just out of habit. I think that that's about the extent of it myself. All right. We got a couple fun stories. There's really politics. Let me say it. We started out with it. This we're gonna we're gonna focus. We're, this rail strike is gonna be something that we're gonna follow. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be really interesting. Um, but I got a question for you. Are you able to sleep at night? Technically, I did have a 
hard time falling asleep last night, but that's because I forgot to turn the air conditioning down. And once I did that, I slept just fine. Well, you're not the only one who has a hard time <laughs> sleeping. That was an easy transition. I could have said that. I could have said that from whatever she did. Well, you know, sometimes there's, well, you're not the only one. A new survey by Ohio State University found that close to one in five Americans have trouble falling asleep at night. I am, first of all, shocked it's only one in five. I have a terrible time sleeping. I, I'm a terrible sleeper. I am one of the world's worst sleepers. Um, I can't remember the last time I got a good night's sleep. Uh, half of Americans scroll through their phones before bedtime. Yep. Is that something you do? Sometimes. I, it's, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I think, I'm not sure. I don't know why you're laughing at me. You're always on your iPad and you listen to things while you sleep, which I'm I sure is on that things. list. I have to listen to things. Okay. Short story about me. <laughs> my parents. God bless my parents. I love my parents to death. And I always joke, one of the worst things they ever did to me was when I was about five, maybe six, they bought me a clock radio, an alarm clock radio. Well, of course, me being the curious person that I am, when I'd go to bed at night, I'd turn it on really low. And I'd scroll through the radio. I mean, remember, this is the 90s. So, like, radio, I mean, there's radio everywhere. Everything's radio. And, you know, you pick up all the channels. And on clear, crisp nights in New Hampshire, you could pick up New York. You picked up channels from New York. Oh. Yeah. OMG. Yeah, you picked up channels from New York. You would pick up channels from, you got all the Boston channels. So I'd listen to the Red Sox. I'd listen to the Red at, Sox at what night. What time were you going to bed? How were you watching? How are you listening to the Red Sox? Well, Red Sox are seven to ten, mm. right? Okay. So whenever I was going to bed, I mean, going to bed between seven and ten, I can listen to the Red Sox. I can listen to Celtics. I can listen to the Bruins. I can listen to I, I can listen to Monday Night Football. I can listen to Sunday Night Football. I can listen to college football on Saturday nights. I could listen to any political show I wanted. I could listen to anything. So I became. From a very young age, from about the age of five, I have not been able to sleep without listening to something. I don't know why you'd mock me for that. <laughs> I'm just explaining it. I'm just explaining. Anyways, so so I was so so. But here's the thing: What do you think is keeping people up at night? Well, I already peeked at your article, so. Do you want me to just guess the thing or you want me to make something up? <laughs> well. Oh, he's sad. He wanted me to guess something. <laughs> well, there we go. Okay. Well, they're a fantasy right. football team. No, they're sad about the state of America, but that's okay. Nah, that said the state of the world. State of the world, the news, the news, right? Have you had? Have you ever had this? This you're chatting with a coworker or a partner at a different organization at work, 
Yeah, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just having a real tough time because of everything that's going on right now. Um, I can't focus because of what's going on in the world. Honestly, right now. recently it hasn't happened, but for like COVID until the Supreme Court thing, it was like that. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of weeks, it hasn't been that way. I don't know why. Maybe because the weather is turning perfect. I don't know. Yeah, I um, I agree. It's been a little less lately, but it's definitely something that. I think for a while became a sort of like um, combat sport for liberals working from home of like, can I be the most, you know, in pain of all my coworkers? (laughs) Um, I'm just, I am, I am just so overwhelmed the state of things in the world right now. That's just so hard for me to focus. And, you know, it's just, it's been really hard and I've been just working on my mental health. I need to work on my mental health. The only time that happened to me was when Russia initially attacked Ukraine and I was like glued to that because I was convinced it was going to be World War Three. And I was just like, how can we possibly do any work when we're about to be the generation of World War Three? And thankfully, it hasn't turned into that. So, you know, it only lasted like a week until we finally realized that this thing was for the long haul. We're in for the long haul. Or short haul. Depends on what happens to that nuclear power plant. We're watching. Um, we're gonna we gotta end with a sad story. We gotta talk about death for a couple episodes in a row. Can we not? I have I have a story. Go I have to mention this because this is this is a beloved. This is like the queen. It's like a beloved send off. Do I even know who this person is? The creator of Two Buck Chuck Wine, Charles Shaw Wine, if you've ever seen a Trader Joe's, passed away at the age of seventy nine. His name Fred Franzia. Yeah, that Franzia. <laughs> yeah. So so it turns out Two Buck Chuck, Charles Shaw, anyone who's been total Trader Trader Joe's, um, as a college student, or just as someone looking for a good quality um, value wine, uh, I can tell you the Merlot is great. I had a lot of the Charles Shaw Merlot. Anyways, two buck Chuck uh, passed away, and um, yeah, so apparently uh, he is of the Franzia family, and his parents owned the, the the Franzia brand and sold it to Coca-Cola. And okay. he was so upset about it, he didn't speak to his dad about it for five, he didn't speak to his dad for five years. <laughs> and that same year, he started his own company, the Bronco Wine Company, and then later started acquiring these brands and building them out, and then, and then acquired Charles Shaw, and that's how it became, and, and became Two Buck Chuck. And they asked him, he delivered this great wine, well, great want, great line about great wine. You know, here I am slipping things up here. Uh, uh, once asked how Bronco Wine Company can sell a bottle of wine less expensive than a bottle of water, he replied, they're overcharging for water. Don't you get it? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So uh, I spent the afternoon reading about the guy behind Two Buck Chuck and... Um, a delightful American character and Catholic. Why did you think that would be sad? I didn't think it, oh, I didn't think, well, it's sad that he passed away, but 
you know, his legacy lives on. And I think that every, every, every person who's enjoyed two buck chuck and I think there's certainly a lot of college students around America who, um, who might be raising a glass to him tonight. And I hope they do. I know I certainly would be. So the thing I was going to bring up with that in case yours was sad, which it wasn't. So I don't know what, but anyway, um, was apparently, I don't know if this happened today or if it's just running around social media today, but the owner, co-founder, whatever, the person in charge of Patagonia, who, yes. who is old, yes, uh, has like written off that I guess once he passes, all of the profits are just going to climate change. And I just read that and I was like, what a waste. <laughs> you just throwing your mo- throwing the money down the toilet. I mean, you could feed starving children in Africa. You could do so many things. You could pay your employees a lot of money. Nope, you want to dump it to climate change. And what what is the liberals' reaction? Oh, this is amazing. I need to go buy more Patagonia. I can't. So that's what I love. I love it's great. I mean, it's a brilliant business maneuver. It's not like his family's going to go poor or anything like this over this. Like, it's just absolutely nonsense. Um, It's just one of these very smart, great PR efforts. Um, I, first of all, I didn't know Patagonia was an American company. I thought it was a foreign company. So I learned something new Because of the name? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Purely because of the name. Purely 100% because of the name. Um, I I was like, oh, wow. The guy who found it, this is an American company, uh, California. Um, uh, Number number one. So, so, uh, So I learned that today. And number two, yeah, I saw this and... I, it's just one of those things that you just go, well, you know, you found a Patagonia. So, you know, if that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do. I, um, and to repeat the lessons of our, literally our previous episode from this, I think he's going to be disappointed at how some of his money is spent. <laughs> And I will leave it at that because uh, because those administrative fees, uh, they start to add up, you know, administrative fees. And then you got your consultant fees. And, oh, man, it starts to, man, all of a sudden, all of a sudden those dividends aren't covering as much as they used to. But who am I to say? It's not like I've ever seen or been a part of that world. <laughs> All right. And on that note. <laughs> are you leaving us with a food foodie thing or is that is that the thing? The two buck chuck thing was the food thing. Okay. I, I don't did I have another food thing? I don't know if I had another food thing on here. Every time I see Lindsey Graham, I think Graham Cracker, maybe food, I don't know. People worrying labor market problems people aren't working yeah yeah there's yeah so there's a senator joni ernst from iowa went on the floor of the senate is complaining she's like you know people have to offer signing bonuses for to get people to work it's like yeah yeah because 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 no one wants to work because you you paid people not to work for two and a half years so so why would people want to go work also also Every company is starting to make every job miserable. So, yeah, that was, we should probably just have just left it on the. We uh, should have a two buck chuck. Yeah. Or 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 whatever. 
Yeah. Patagonia giving his money away. Three bill. That's it. I thought I read it as all the future profits. So but I it's thought, just what his inheritance is. So I thought it was it was so what I, how I read it was it was three billion dollars in non-voting stock. Oh, yeah. And so it's just basically this just nest egg, right? That's going to fund climate change efforts. That that that's all that that's all it is. Yep, that tracks. All right, we'll see y'all Friday. Yeah, you will. The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jeff is a mess.